If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world of food. First, what do you think is the worst candy someone could hand out at Trick or Treat? Mm, Candy corn. Yes, that used to be it. But something worse has taken the number one spot, and it is, I've never eaten one of these, circus peanuts. Necco wafers are high on the list, too, of the this worst. By worse, yeah, you mean can't. like candy that people don't want? They don't want it. Like, worse ugh. for your teeth or no, all just, the above? Yeah, that's a great question. No, worst as in, wah, wah, I got a rock. Yet, you might as well get that instead of... Candy corn sells like crazy every year. Yeah, I don't get it. A second, ever have trouble picking out a ripe avocado? You know, like you need it that night in a mm-hmm. recipe or a salad? Well, they just invented a machine to help. It's called the Appeal Ripe Finder. Uh, I really could use one of those. That would be awesome. Uh, there's, it's just brand new, so don't look for it at a grocery store near you too soon. Finally, in the world of food, big news if you're one of our awesome first responders. Restaurants are honoring you. We're talking donuts and coffee at Krispy Kreme, free meatballs and spaghetti and macaroni grill, free insomnia cookies, and more. Wow. Very nice. Okay, Kev, what do you tell everybody you're going to do as your retirement job? I'm going to work at Walmart and be a greeter. Yes. Perfect um, job for me. I think you need to keep that plan in place. I'll tell you why in just a minute. (laughs) So, Kev, you've always said that when you retire someday, your retirement plan is to... I want to be a Walmart greeter, and you said I should keep that in mind. Is there a memo from the boss I haven't seen? (laughs) (laughs) No, thankfully, I think your job is safe. But there's uh, new facts out. Americans now say, these are a survey of people who live in the U.S. of A, that they will need $1.25 million to retire comfortably. (laughs) Wow. And uh, that's... uh, Hey, hey, don't look at your 401k. No. That is a 20% increase from last year. And the average expected retirement age has also increased to 64. So how did they up from 62.6 last year? Couple and, of questions. How did they, um, they come up with that number? Well, Americans were just they were interviewed, and they I think it's really because they've seen how much more they're paying for gas and groceries yeah. and and everything their power bill, and so they decided this is how much I need. Um, yeah, and it's 20 percent increase from last year. Hmm. Yeah, I I mean. It'd be funny to talk to my husband, who's a certified financial planner about this, because that's one of the things he does. He meets with couples okay. or individuals who are like, all right, can I please retire by the end so, of this year? Am I going to make it? And he, he goes through like, it's called projections. And he goes through how much does it costs to live each day and how much they have. And he lets them know either great news, you can retire by the end of the year or... Is there any way you can the, hang on for another year? The reason I was asking, how did they come up with that number? Was, it, was that a just an emotional like, oh, I'm going to need a million and a half dollars, or was it something they actually they actually thought out and said the these are my expenses, this is what it costs for me to just to live? Because 1.2 million, if they're 64 and say they live 20 more years, that's 60 grand a year to live on. So if, if they live and how if many more years? If they live 20 more years, if mm-hmm. they live to be 84. Which Lord willing, the creek don't rise. You'll get a few more than that, right? But that means that the sixty grand a year is what you're planning on getting by on. And most people, I think, look at their retirement as, "Yay, we can finally do what we want on that much money." <laughs> yeah, it's very emotional when you suddenly know no more is rolling in, no more paychecks, <laughs> right? No more paychecks. There's there's a, the disposable income is a, a memory, right? So 
Wow, that is interesting. One, but it, I mean, that sounds like an impossible amount of money. I don't know about you guys, but with how much everything costs, how are you ever going to save one point two million dollars? That's the Walmart greeter. <laughs> so when you have to step up to order at one of those places where you know you step up to the counter and you order, do you get nervous? Do you kind of freeze? Does that ever happen? To you, we're going to talk about that phenomenon because it happens to a lot of people next. So I think if you talk to your friends and, and family members, you'll find that there are a lot of people that get ordering anxiety. That moment when you, you've been waiting in line and it's one of those restaurants where you walk up to a counter and you order and then you sit down and they bring your food or they give it to you on a tray or whatever. My wife and my daughter, April, they both do. When it's their turn to order, all of a sudden, my, my wife has descri- described it. She goes, I get very nervous, and it's like I can have the order in my head, and my mind goes blank. It's oh, like I just for, I forget oh. everything in that moment because I feel so much pressure. And I said, why? It's a very simple process. She's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just the way I am. And I saw that on display last night. We were, um, we were at a Chinese place, and she said I would like... She had her order in her head before we walked up. She knew what she wanted. And she thought she had it down pat. I'd like spring rolls. What kind would you like? I'd like the shrimp chicken egg roll or shrimp chicken spring rolls. (laughs) The lady goes, shrimp or chicken? She said, yes, shrimp chicken. (laughs) (laughs) And me and the lady behind the counter started laughing. I said, honey. She wants to know which one. There's no such thing as a shrimp chicken. It's either shrimp Uh or chicken. That's so cute. And she goes, oh, uh, chicken. I said, in that case, I'll have the shrimp. We can take a bite of each and she can live her dreams of shrimp chicken. (laughs) What a good husband. Problem solved. So I've seen my daughter April, same thing. Like uh, when the the doorbell rings, if it's a pizza delivery guy or somebody, they don't want to get the door. Which is really weird because they're they're friendly people. They like people. Just those circumstances, for whatever reason, cause them to be anxious. And I'd invite you to call in if that's you, but I have a feeling you'd be afraid to call oh, in. No way would they call, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Something that surprises me about you, Taylor, is because I've seen you in lots of social settings at station mm-hmm. events and meeting listeners and 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 you're very, very outgoing, but you'll say on the air like you're an introverted extrovert. Yep. Like so that's yeah. you you have to force yourself yeah, to I, be extroverted. I was painfully shy as a kid and I taught myself to pretend like I was outgoing. So do you experience and, that anxiety like we were talking about? Like yeah, ordering um, at a counter and like not you know. really. I mean, if I had a choice, I would like as far as like you mentioned the pizza delivery, I would mm-hmm. way rather my husband answer the door if I don't Why? have to be the one. Why? Just I just am in an introverted mode when I'm at home and I'm not ready to be like, hey, thanks for bringing the pepperoni with mushroom. How are you doing today? Like I just, I would if he's willing to get the door. I'm I do. like all about. No it. one makes me happier than somebody bringing me pizza. <laughs> Which is so funny to have this conversation because I it just hit me just now. We literally never order pizza. We do frozen mm. or we go pick it up ourselves. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Do you have a special bond with your mom or your dad over a mutual love for something? You're going to love this story. Chris was at a Phillies playoff game when he realized the kid next to him was at the game all alone. So he struck up a conversation. Mm -hmm. He learned that Cody is 16 And he used all his savings to buy a ticket to the game and an Uber ride 
to attend in honor of his dad who had passed away suddenly from a heart attack recently. Mm. He said being there made him feel closer to his dad. Well, they end up exchanging numbers and uh, word got out. Chris shared about Cody on social media. The Phillies heard about his story and Cody was able to attend the game where they clinched a trip to the World Series. And the Phillies reached out and invited him to meet former players and more. So they're just trying to put a bright spot in this 16-year-old's world, you know, that's been rocked because he lost his dad. Yeah. Are you a teeny bit bummed when you get the middle seat on an airplane? Coming up, what one airline is doing to make sitting in the middle seat a little more attractive. Are you a little teeny bit bummed when you get stuck in the middle seat on a plane? I usually always sit in the middle seat because my husband likes the window Hmm. and we want to sit together. Uh, Check out what this airline is doing to make sitting in the middle seat more attractive. Virgin Australia launched a lottery with $230,000 in prizes for people who fly in the middle seat, like a Caribbean cruise, free flights, and tickets to soccer matches. So I'm like, hey, bring it. Yeah. If I can get rewarded for getting stuck in the middle seat, I'll take it. You That's know how, awesome. How they could fill the middle seat with no problems and no one would complain is make it a little bit cheaper. Like if, yeah. the, if the seat on the window and the I seat in the aisle I are, mm-hmm. I don't know, $100, make the middle one 80 bucks, you'd fill up the middle before yeah. everything else because people are, for the most part, cheap <laughs> and we and we want a bargain. I like to use the word frugal, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll use cheap for that. I would I'd <laughs> sit in the middle seat for like two or three hours, get more where you're going and save some money. I would totally do that. Especially me. I am already sitting there anyway. <laughs> right. So why not? Exactly. So what do they say part of the American dream is, is that you want to see your kids succeed and do a little bit better than you did, right? Well, our son, Kyle, wow, he is succeeding like next level type stuff. Can't wait to share with you the uh, the accomplishment that he achieved last night. I'll tell you about it next. My wife and I were out last night. My son is, um, he's pursuing his master's degree in jazz studies, and he had his, what they call graduate recital last night where he he has to coordinate the band and be the director and arranger and everything else of like four or five different pieces mm. and they play them together so that that recital that concert was last night wow. and i wish i could have taken you all with me the best i can do is play you a little bit of it this is kyle on the drum set with a was a guitar saxophone uh upright bass piano and kyle on drums <laughs> sound great so kyle has just been fun concert working so hard on this degree and getting his playing to another level it's been kyle's his lifelong passion i mean god put him on this earth i think to be a musician and he's doing it but the biggest thing too is you know this is moms and dads you want your kids to succeed you want them to do a little bit better than you did and kyle is just going for it like and nothing is going to is going to stop him. And that pride that a parent has, there were multiple tears in Tracy's eyes because she was watching her little boy, who is now a grown man, who she drove to all those drum lessons and took to all those. She was the she was the parent in the parking lot of the high school at 1 o'clock in the morning when the marching band got home from an away football game, and she was picking him up, and she just has so much invested in Kyle's success. I mean, she's been the foundation for him doing so well the end of every song now this was a jazz concert at a university so it's not a stuffy crowd but it was it was like a 
a golf clap crowd. Mm-hmm. She would at the end of everyone go mm, and clap. I mean, she make she make this noise like she wanted to like just scream. That's my son. <laughs> but all awesome. that she felt comfortable doing was. Mm. But here's what happened at the end. At the end, everyone's clapping. And she stood up and gave the standing ovation. All right. She was the only only one that did the standing ovation. Because, again, it's a jazz class. A lot of his fellow students were there and stuff. So I guess it's just not cool. She didn't care. She stood up and gave the standing ovation with tears coming down her cheeks. Because that's her son getting his master's degree in jazz studies. And she was so super proud of what he's done and what he's accomplished. And I just sit back in awe and watch him because I'm, I'm, I'm a wannabe musician. And I watch him performing at that level and I'm just like, wow. You go, Kyle. So I'm so glad God gave us a son like Kyle. Can't tell you how cool it is for all of us to hear a little clip of your son's recital, Ed's getting his master's degree in jazz studies because it just brings the whole story to life. And what it was like in that room to hear that amazing music that he put together. And I was talking to a friend of mine who is a music conductor and her husband's a, a trumpeter and they, they're in this Tarawinds band. And she was teaching me because she had to study kind of like Kyle, like the history of music and all that kind of stuff. And um, I didn't realize, I had no idea, that back in the day, only really rich people would hear music. Like it was in the, you know, like the royal court, maybe, or at only time that commoners heard music is during something special. Hmm. And the way we have access to music nowadays through the radio, through streaming and through you going to a beautiful concert last night with your son. I just think it's so neat how accessible music is nowadays. And uh, man, what a proud moment for you guys last night. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Hey, are you single and hoping to meet someone soon? This is the one trait that people are looking for in a partner. Someone who's on the goofier side. Hmm. 60% of singles say... um, (laughs) No wonder my wife's so happy. (laughs) they're, They're more likely to respond to the first message they receive from a person, a potential date, if it's funny or clever. Hmm. Three and four said a shared sense of humor is considered super attractive. Yeah, but especially nowadays, right? Because yes. there's so much uh, craziness going on. My you... husband, Glenn, makes me laugh so hard. There it's like go. such a good stress relief. Coming up in just a minute, what were some of the biggest rules you had to follow when you were a kid? All right, who is more strict, your mom and dad or you as hmm. a parent? of Americans say today's parents are less strict. So what were some of the most common rules you had to follow when you were a kid? According to a new survey, um, I'll tell you the survey, Kev, but what what was one of the big don't break this rule in the Avery family when you were a kid? Oh, My mom, she always used to say this. I only have one rule, and that's that you listen. (laughs) Which Which covers all the rules. Man, she's smart. (laughs) I like that. Uh, Here are the big ones. Um, Helping with chores, having a curfew, going to bed at a certain time, studying and getting good grades, and having to eat everything on your plate. Mm. Um, I'm one of five girls, and Dad had a rule that you couldn't date until you were 16. Mm. And then when you did date, you had to be home by 11. Mm. Well, the, Those um, were the big ones. The question you asked, who is who is stricter, you or your parents? My wife and I definitely, definitely with our kids. 
than without our parents. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're opposite. When seventy-five percent of people said the reverse, but yeah. yeah, that's cool that you guys are the opposite. Sometimes I sit back and I I think, what were, what were my parents thinking? What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here's what I would like to know. We're talking about parents and rules and. What rules do you have in your house for your kids? Here's what I would like to know, mom and dad. When your kids break those rules, what is the discipline that you usually do with your kids? My wife used to do something with our daughters I thought was genius. But what do you do? I'll tell you what she did in a minute. Maybe you have kids and you can uh, you can steal this idea from her. But what do you do when the kids are in trouble, when they clearly violated a rule? What's the uh, What's the discipline? So uh, we're talking about rules and kids, and I would love to hear what, when the kids break the rules, what did you do, mom and dad? Was it time out? Did you take away a favorite toy? What was the discipline? My wife used to, if our daughters did something wrong and they were like sniping at each other, you know, just kind of arguing or doing, you know, fighting with each other or whatever, she would make them sit on the step together and they could, and they had to hold hands and they couldn't get up until they solved the problem on their own. And I mean she did that from when they were little, like 3, 4, 5 years old. That's wild. And now the people have the reunion t-shirt like where they all they both kids have to wear this giant shirt. Yeah, well, Trace was the precursor to yeah. that maybe. She would make them sit there and hold their hands, but our kids when they would get in trouble too were uh, the the girls specifically had very different reactions to getting in trouble. Our oldest Autumn steel trap if she, even if she was caught red-handed, she would deny, deny, deny. <laughs> like, nope, wasn't me. Told that story a million times. Did you eat the chocolate candy? And she looks me in the eyes with a chocolate ring around her mouth. No, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> she would stick with the story to the bitter end. Uh, Amber, our middle, middle daughter, she would tell everything, but only in a way that would distance herself from any guilt. Hmm. Did, where, where did all the chocolate go? Well, I heard my sister's eating it. <laughs> Even if she had That's some, clever. that would be her. And then uh, our youngest, April, she would deny, then cry. And then all I had to do was say, is there something else you want to tell me? And she would fuss And up. then it was like a river Aww. of confession. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> but all three of like that, like probably to this day, that's how they all react to getting in trouble. The oldest, deny, deny, deny. The middle, admit, but point blame. And then the youngest, deny, then confess. Hey, Ashley, it's Kevin and Taylor. You heard us talking about what kind of punishment you use when your kids make a mistake. Yes. There was a time my sons busted their bedroom window out. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> I grounded them for 30 days. I took the door off their bedroom. I screwed shut their toy chest. I took the TV away. Wow, that's hardcore. I just, it was crazy. I was happy they didn't hurt themselves. I was a little upset because who's going to pay for this window? (laughs) And it just, it ended up being a beautiful experience because I learned not to over-respond or overreact. <laughs> the punishment needs to right. meet the That's crime. My, my wife would do that. She would go nuclear. You're not watching TV for 37 years. And I'd be like, honey, I don't want to live with that punishment. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, parenting's already tough. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you so sound hard. like a great mom. Thanks yeah, for sharing. Thanks, that. Ashley. Take care.
This is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. There was a guy named Tom, and he was one of those hundreds of people who lost their homes. Do you remember those tornadoes in Mayfield, Kentucky? They came at night, and get this, very dramatic. Tom's son said, Dad, you have got to get out of here. They left his house, and 10 minutes later, the tornado destroyed his entire home. Uh, They were so grateful to be alive, but suddenly now Tom is homeless with nothing but the clothes on his back, and... He didn't know what he was going to do. And then out of nowhere, here comes Samaritan's Purse and their volunteers from all over the USA. And Tom finds out they're going to build you a brand new home. Now, Tom developed lifelong relationships with the volunteers that helped build his home. And he tells them regularly, this isn't my house. This is our house. Wow. And that's what God does through the volunteers of Samaritan's Purse. Such an incredible story in Tom's life. And if you want to hear more stories like this, you can just go to SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. Is there someone in your life you consider annoying? Coming up, this could be the reason why. Why are you looking at me? I wasn't even looking at you. (laughs) Is there someone in your life you consider rather annoying? This could be the reason why. The annoying things they say. They did a survey recently to find out what annoys us when it comes out of people's mouths. Uh, Do you want to guess one of the top answers? have annoying things people say got a minute (laughs) that's good i don't think that made the list but it should because it's always when you're like running to go to an appointment or something right um calm down because that always makes people feel so oh yeah yeah they never ever say that (laughs) when people say why are you in such a bad mood uh here's the deal i guess we don't like that people don't like that i don't like that because it mean to me it means somebody's cutting to the chase. Yeah. They're, they're getting to the bottom. I may very start at the bottom line yeah. and then fill in the details it, for me. Personally. It, yeah, for some reason that made the list of huh. annoying things Here's people say. Um, it was just a joke. Uh, people think this is really annoying. Must be nice. <laughs> um, they do not like when you say let's agree to disagree. And the number one most annoying statement. I don't mean to be rude, but <laughs> now I'm going to be rude. <laughs> I don't mean to be any of those. I don't mean to be negative, but yeah, I don't want to make you feel bad. But, but. <laughs> so we've heard about what do they call it? the great, great resignation? Everybody quitting their jobs and stuff. And it, it's very real. And uh, there are people the turnover at jobs is happening um, most likely at one specific time. Like whether you've been at a job for a month or a year or 10 years, most people are saying, I think I want to try something else within this one span of time. What do you think it is? Tell you what it is and what percentage of people are just quitting. Coming up next. So you ever daydream at work like I should I should do something else. This job is just not for me. It's okay, but it's a dead end, or I'm just not stimulated, or I just don't like it anymore. Have you ever daydreamed about that? Well, you're not alone. Voluntary turnover rates, meaning leaving a job, you didn't get fired or something or laid off. You just left because you felt like it. They're at all-time highs, and people are leaving jobs. The, The highest percentage of people leave their job within the first year. So they start working somewhere, and they just are like, That makes sense. Nope. Not for me. You're not I'm locked out. in yet. See ya. Yeah. And I wonder how many of those folks are serial job changers. Like they're constantly starting a new job, starting a new job. And then I wonder, are those people serial romantics too? 
Like mm. right when uh, they, they love the romance of a new relationship or right when things start getting sticky, they're like, I'm out, I'm done. Hmm. <laughs> is Wonder that if anyone per- studied the correlation. Is it a personality yeah. trait that, you know, affects or are they, do they change, you know, are they constantly have a new boyfriend or girlfriend? Are they all, are they always like something happens at their church and they're like, nah, they're, 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 I'm just, I'm going somewhere else. Are they church jumpers too? Do they Mm. tend to do that in all facets of their life, not just their job? Constantly trying on a new new pair of shoes. (laughs) Never getting comfy with the pair they got. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe you have something there. Do you know anyone like that? I I really don't know anyone that's constantly jumping in and out of jobs. No, I do not know any. Most of us are glad to find one and stick with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) as long as they'll have us. (laughs) Yeah. So anyhow, if you know know anyone like that, and you see that pattern in their life that they're they change jobs, relationships, and churches like they do shoes. <laughs> We'd love to hear about them because that's kind of weird. So they're they're saying like all industries, by the way, doesn't matter what industry it is. Um, there's eighteen percent of the workforce is just taken off, like wow. within the first year, and that's that's like Even an all time high with inflation prices the way they are. If people are still like saying, "I'm out of here," I guess so. No more stimulus checks. I get maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll all change because yeah, those stimulus checks did give people the buffer of saying like, "Meh, I don't know if I want this job." <laughs> right now, they need the job. You might be onto something there, Taylor. You're a sharp cookie. Talking about um, one of the symptoms of the Great Resignation is people are leaving jobs pretty quick, like less than a year. And they're saying like, nope, not for me. And I said, do you know anyone who's like that? And it just hit me. I do know someone like that. It's my wife. My wife had gone. She had started. This was long before there was a Great Resignation or it was hip and cool to do this. She started a job. We had moved to a new city and she was the assistant to the owner of a car dealership. Um, Trace very polished. She always wore business suits and stuff. And um, this was when we, we, it was just me, her and Kyle. And she got this job as the assistant to this guy. And to say that he was a high maintenance, interesting personality would be an understatement. And she within about 48 hours knew, I don't think I'm down for this. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not, I can't deal with this guy's idiosyncrasies or his demanding nature. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I've barely, I've barely started. I can find something else since we just moved to this town. I'll find another job. Yeah. So she put in her notice and the guy begged her to stay. Whoa. (laughs) Someone's like, is there more money involved? Someone's like, you were dating. He like promised to change and be a new man and stuff. And, uh, and she stayed and it was one of the worst decisions she made. Poor Tracy. (laughs) She stayed. She was there until she got pregnant with Autumn and we decided she was going to stay home. Um, she was, so it was like two years, probably about two years. She wow. stayed there. Yeah. And it I, was every day she went in like shaking, dreading. like dreading Aww, going in. Poor yeah. thing. I quit a grocery store job after only two weeks in high school. Yeah. I was a cashier. Mm-hmm. You cashiers, you work your tails off. And mm. I had already applied to the frozen yogurt store and they find it was brand new. They were opening it, the and they finally store. called yeah. me, and I bailed. You left groceries I left, for yogurt, I, and way better <laughs> uniform too. I went from the polyester to khaki shorts and a polo shirt that said, "I can't believe it's yogurt." Did you wind up doing that thing that grocery store people do? You ring something up and you look at it and look at the person and go, "Have you tried these? Are these any good?" I hadn't Did gotten you do that? that confidence level. <laughs> I was still dealing with the produce codes. Oh man, that's so stressful. Ooh-wee.